Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, the NBA playoffs. We've got the play-in finals tonight for the eighth seed, and the playoffs begin this weekend. And a lot of the intrigue sits in the East. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Mr. Canty, what is up? Nothing much, man. It is Friday. The weekend is here. We got NBA playoffs here. It's Jackie Robinson Day. We got a lot going on, Carlin. Here's the thing. What kind of person doesn't like a Friday? How do you not? Who doesn't enjoy Fridays? I don't, I don't think it's the kind of person I don't want to know, frankly. Yeah, you have to be some kind of sociopath not to love Fridays. So, yeah. I mean, listen, we got it all going for today's show, man. I'm fired up to be working with you today. Cogent points, and I would agree and echo those sentiments. And we've got a lot to get to, as you alluded to, Kyler Murray, and whether or not he's actually going to play to start the season if he doesn't have a new contract for the Arizona Cardinals and... A little bit later on, we've got a lot on Jackie Robinson. Doug Glanville, who is going to be a part of all of our Jackie Robinson Day coverage, the 75th anniversary of his debut in the big leagues. He will join us a little bit later on. But right now, let's roll. Here we go! Only one place to start. And that place to start is with the play-in games tonight and the NBA playoffs this weekend. You know... I think you and I disagree a little bit on the ability of the Atlanta Hawks to cause some problems here in the Eastern Conference, at least in the first round, should they make it. They've got the Cavaliers tonight. That game's the early game on ESPN. And then New Orleans and the Clippers later on. Is there one aspect of the Hawks that bothers you the most, Chris, because their offense, I just think, continues to get overlooked with the numbers that they put up second in the league this year in points per possession, they're a very, very good offensive team. No, they're a great offensive team. They're second in offensive efficiency. But the problem I have with the Hawks, Carlin, is that they're 26 in defensive efficiency on the season. And that's going to be a problem. Like, I I get that the Cavs aren't going to have the most talented player on the court because that belongs to the Hawks' Trey Young. But at the same time, I'll also acknowledge that the Cavs didn't have the most talented player in the 7-8 matchup with the Brooklyn Nets, and yet they were able to make that a five-point game with less than five minutes to go a couple of nights ago. So I absolutely believe in this feisty Cavs team, and with the potential return of Jared Allen tonight, that could be a huge get for the Cavs in terms of being able to upgrade an already stingy defense and giving them more opportunities for takeaways and stops. And, of course, if you do that, it gives you opportunities for easy buckets on the offensive end. So I, I like the Cavs going into this matchup, even though we did see Trey Young go crazy against the Charlotte Hornets. But again, that's another team that doesn't play well defensively. So as we start to see the style of play change from the regular season to the postseason, one of the things we got to highlight 
is teams that are really good defensively because that's a formula for success once we get to the playoffs. And with that in mind, you referenced the Nets the other night and the fact that that was a close game, and that actually speaks more about the Nets to me than maybe it does about anything else, Chris. And and let's start there. When we look at the series that are intriguing uh, beginning this weekend, I, I have to begin with the Nets uh, taking on uh, the uh, – uh, brain locking for Celt- a second. The Celtics, thank you. But, Chris, I look at the Celtics, and I heard Jay Will this morning, I've heard you this week talk about one particular aspect of the Celtics and the opportunity that sits there for one of their stars, and, and that is all Jason Tatum. Listen to Jay Will this morning from Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on Tatum and what this series means. This is an opportunity for Jason Tatum to take his seat at the highest elevated VIP part of the club. He's going against Kevin Durant, who is the standard, a two-time NBA champion, a two-time finals MVP, and this is an opportunity for him, a legacy-defining moment. Look, he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice, right? So anything below that, I think is a disappointing season for Jason Tatum. But now, in order to get to his first NBA Finals, he would have to go through Kevin Durant and he would have to go through Giannis two people that we consider to be the greatest in the game of basketball right now. And that's the kind of opportunity on the line for Jason Tatum. And I think Jason Tatum's up to the task, Chris. I, I expect the Celtics to win this series. I, Despite the fact that we know what the talent level is with the Nets, and we have talked about they're the second most talented team in the Eastern Conference, I think the Celtics are just flat out the better team. They're the favorites here for a reason, but also – Tatum has that opportunity, and I think he has a unique opportunity to do it here in a series where, yeah, he's facing Durant and he's facing Kyrie, but think about the fact that those two guys were at their best the other night offensively, and they barely survived the Cavaliers. That's kind of been the net season in a microcosm. No doubt about it, and that's the thing that worries me because I don't know how sustainable – KD and Kyrie playing at the level that we saw them in the playing game is. I don't know that they're going to be capable of scoring 59 points and playing 40-plus minutes a, a, a game. I don't know that they're going to be able to score or assist on 93 of the 115 points that the team scored. I just don't see that as something that they can routinely do, especially going up against a team that's as good as the Boston Celtics are defensively. Like, Ime Udoka is making sure that that's the identity of this team. We know that they got a couple of guys that can go for 50 on any given night between Brown and Tatum. But the fact that defense is this team's calling card, you got guys like Marcus Smart, really gritty player that sets the tone on that end, that that to me is what's going to be hard for the Nets to be able to overcome. Because this is not going to be what we saw in the first round last year when the Brooklyn Nets knocked them out in five games. This This won't be that. This is going to be a heavyweight fight, and you're talking about 15 rounds. It's going to go six or seven six or seven games, and I fully expect the Boston Celtics to defend well. I fully expect them to execute when it comes to crunch time, especially on the offensive end, because the Brooklyn Nets have shown that they don't stop anybody. Going back to that playing game against the Cavs, I mean, they doubled up on the Cavs in the first quarter. They were up 40 to 20. There's no reason for that to be a game. But they can't put people away because they can't routinely get stops. And that's the difference between the regular season and the postseason. Boston Celtics are going to play hard all 48 minutes. I just don't know if the Brooklyn Nets, with their two superstars, are going to be able to match that level of intensity 
throughout the entire course of the game. And, and that's what kind of sticks with me from earlier in the week. We heard Nick Friedel on the Hoop Collective podcast this week with Brian Windhorst say, the Nets are going to struggle with teams that play hard all the time. That's just one of those statements that is going to stick with me here as I watch the Nets against the Celtics. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get to some straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And Chris, we have to forget about Ben Simmons. We just have to just put him aside. And I'm not the only one thinking this way. Kevin Durant is thinking this way, too, when it comes to this series. No, I'm not expecting him to play. Um, You know, that's easier for me, you know. Like, I'm not um, putting any pressure on Ben to come out there and and hoop, you know. So I'm not expecting him to do anything but just to get his his body right and, um, you know, get healthy as fast as he can, you know. So in my mind, I'm preparing as if, like, we're playing with the team we have. How much of a lift would it be? If you guys obviously kept winning, you keep that runway going, any word to appear at some point during this run? I'm not even thinking about that. I mean, we all know what type of player Ben is, and you can, you know, put together scenarios in your mind on your own <laughs> or what it would look like, but I'm not going to go there because you're just taking a dead time. If he would appear, Chris, he's not Superman. He doesn't just appear. <laughs> and Superman, by the way, would have shot the basketball. He wouldn't have had a problem dunking the ball in the playoffs. And that's why, at least for this year, can we at least acknowledge, Chris, that Ben Simmons is not plug-and-play here. He is a guy that thrives with the ball in his hands more. They have not played one singular minute together in an actual game. And while you may say, well, he can come in, he can do this, he can do that, what is the point? What is the point of doing that if you are truly trying to win? If the Nets advance and you want to talk about it starting the next series, if you're building up to that, great. In the middle of a series, you're out of your minds. Yeah, that's the part that I don't understand. This is playoff basketball. The level of intensity, how guys play, it, it just it doesn't seem it's going to be physical. I, I don't know that you want to introduce Ben Simmons after not playing basketball for an entire calendar year, you want to put him in this type of environment. I, I just don't know that that's the way to go about it. I understand the skill set and how it could benefit the Nets, but we still don't know what version of Ben Simmons we're going to get. The health aside, we, we don't know where his mind state is, Carlin, and that's probably the bigger of the two. So I, I don't know that that's something that Steve Nash and Sean Marks want to do. I always felt like the Ben Simmons trade was a long-term play for the Nets, not necessarily about this postseason. If you get him back, I think it'll be in limited doses, and certainly you'll take it if it's 10 to 15 minutes, what he brings on the defensive end, if he can come back for this series against the Seas. Throwing him on Tatum or Brown for 10 or 15 minutes a game is a win, but I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have on the complexion of the series. So to your first point, why even risk it? It doesn't make any sense to me, and I, I don't think it does anything but hurt them, frankly, more than help them in the middle of a series, mind you. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at progressivecommercial.com. 
ESPN.com. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on your smart speaker at Play ESPN Radio. We are just getting started. So much more on the NBA playoffs coming. So much more on Kyler Murray and where he stands with the Cardinals and a new contract right now. That on the way in just a bit. But up next, the other intriguing series is just down the turnpike from Brooklyn. So what is reasonable to expect from James Harden. We talked to one of our NBA insiders who is all over that series next. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, and for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We get to the other big series in the East in 20 seconds. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We head down the turnpike from New York to Philadelphia and welcome in Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter. He will be covering the Sixers and the Raptors this series. Tim, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. We appreciate a few minutes. What is your early read on the James Harden situation in Philadelphia and how it's being met in, in what he said the other day about not feeling any pressure whatsoever? Well, Chris, I would say that if you look at the series for the Sixers, you know, I think Philly is a slight favorite because they have by far the best ser- the player in the series in Joel Embiid. But if the if the Sixers are going to win this series, they're going to need James Harden to play like the James Harden that the Sixers thought they were trading for in February and not the guy that went, I think, a combined seven or eight for 24 and had nine turnovers in the two games that he's played against Toronto and lost in the Sixers uniform. Um, I think if you tell me how James Harden plays, I think I'll tell you how this series is going to go. And, you know, James could say he doesn't feel any pressure, which he did say again yesterday. Um, and he's, you know, excited to play in the playoffs. But, you know, this is a guy that, you know, wanted to come to Philly because he thought it gave him a better chance to win a championship. And, you know, certainly, you know, the idea was they were going to, the Sixers were going to have two of the 
five to seven best players in the world. And they have one in Joel Embiid, who has played clearly at that level all season long. And, you know, now it's time to see if James Harden can get to that level, which, frankly, so far in the Sixers uniform, he has not. Tim, we saw the Sixers trade away a lot of their depth in order to bring over James Harden, shortening their bench significantly, and that bench is going to be a, a little bit shorter now that Matisse Thibel, one of their best players defensively, is going to be out in the games that are up in Toronto. Rate the degree of difficulty for Doc Rivers in terms of managing his rotations and then the guys that he's going to be able to trust coming off of the bench. Well, it's going to be an interesting situation, Chris, because if you look at the way – uh, the way that the series is going to go. I mean, as you mentioned, Matisse Seidel, because he isn't vaccinated, cannot play in the games in Toronto. But Matisse is also a guy that, for as good as he is defensively, he gives back a lot of it on offense. He's, he's not a, a reliable jump shooter. And because of that, you know, teams will tend to sag off him. And Raptors coach Nick Nurse has made no bones about the fact that, you know, in these past matchups between these two teams, he's basically just left Seidel alone and let him – put up as many shots as he wants, right? And that's a win for them as opposed to letting James Harden and Joel Embiid get going. So the, the Sixers will have better shooters in that spot in those games in Toronto, whether it's Danny Green or Furkan Korkmaz or Shake Milton or George Niang. But as you guys know, in road games, role players tend to play worse, right? And so the Sixers are trading defense for offense in those games, which could be a benefit to them. But they're going to need those role players to hit shots and hit threes to make up for Matisse not being there because they're certainly not going to guard to the level that he can on a game-by-game basis. So that, how that plays out and how that, you know, how that ultimately manifests itself, you know, and how those perimeter players do shoot the ball, you know, both in Philly and especially in Toronto without Bible there, I think it's going to be a really, really big factor in how the series plays out. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter, joining Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. NBA playoffs, by the way, are on ESPN Radio. Tune in to play in action tonight. It's the Cavs hosting the Hawks, followed by the Pelicans at the Clippers. Presented by Indeed, coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations. Tim, I'm just going to make it pretty simple. When you look at the Sixers, when you evaluate them right now, do they look like a team capable of winning a championship? No, because James Harden has not played to the level that he was expected to play at. And, and that, that really, uh, Chris, is ultimately what this comes down to. Uh, James Harden needs to be, as I said before, one of the five to seven best players in the world. That's the guy that the Sixers thought they were trading for, and that's the guy they need him to be. If he plays to that level alongside Joel Embiid, I think the, that the Sixers have a chance to not only win this series, but win the next one probably against Miami and potentially get back to the NBA Finals for the first time in two decades. If he does not, they could lose in the next two weeks and their season could be over. And that, you know, that, like I said at the beginning, you tell me how James Harden plays in these playoffs, I'll have a pretty good sense of how far the Sixers go. Because it really, for as great as Joel Embiid has been, you know, like you said, they traded for him to be their number, their number two guy and to be on the level that Joel Embiid has been at. And so far in the Sixers uniform, he just hasn't been to that level. He's been a really good player, you know, top 25 player but they need to be a top five to seven player. And if he's not, they're not going to make a very deep run. Tim, switching gears, I know we spent a lot of time focusing on the Brooklyn Nets side of the spicy round one matchup that they have with the Boston Celtics. But looking at Jason Tatum specifically, how big is this series in terms of 
changing the perception or, you know, establishing his presence as one of the best players in the world. How long will this a series win go for Jason Tatum in terms of everybody considering him one of the very best players in the world? I mean, I think it'll help, but I mean, you got to remember Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have won a lot of playoff games. I mean, those guys got to a conference finals by themselves in the bubble, right? Leading the Celtics there. They've been in the playoffs a bunch, um, but look, I think the Celtics are going to win that series. I think they're a, a clearly better team than the Nets. I think that's borne out over the course of 82 games. And I, I, I agree with you in the sense that I do think that if the Celtics win that series, it is going to see Jason Tatum's uh, stature take a bit of a bump up because he's going to go up against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and come away with a win. Um, but I, I do think that the Celtics are better. I do think they'll win. And I think, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that's happened over the past couple months is Jason Tatum has sort of ascended to the level that a lot of people thought he was already at. And the way he has played, the way he's become a much better playmaker, it's made the Celtics a lot better team. Um, and, and it's been a big part of why they really took off these past couple months and why I think they've got a real chance to get out of the East, um, something that if you'd asked me that at the beginning of January, I would have laughed at. But they have completely changed their fortunes around it, and Tatum's ascension has been a big part of that. He, he was the last guy I left off my MVP ballot. I, I nearly voted for him on there. And, you know, certainly if he is able to beat the Nets in this series and, you know, whether they, you know, even, you know whether they beat the Bucks after that or not, I certainly think he's going to go into next season as a guy that people will look at as a very possible MVP candidate based off the way the Celtics have played and, you know, based off him going head-to-head against Kevin Durant coming out with a win. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA, NBA reporter, joining us. Tim, how do you evaluate the risk-reward in potentially playing Ben Simmons in this series for the Nets? I mean, if Simmons can play, I, I'm sure they'll throw him out there and see what he can do. I, I just It's just hard for me to see how much of an impact he's going to have one way or the other. I mean, he's been out for so long, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, this back issue, he has had basically one practice at a calendar year at this point. Um, he's you know not done anything so far with the Nets. Um, you know, I mean, the, the series is going to start Sunday. They're, I don't think they're going to be practicing very hard during the series. So I, I, I don't know. It, to me, it's just if he can give them a little bit of defense and some and some uh, shot creation for other guys, then great. But uh, you know, I, I just don't see how you know, limited doses of Ben Simmons are going to make a drastic difference in how the series plays out. If you if you told me you were going to drop in, you know, defensive player of the year caliber Ben Simmons playing 40 minutes a game and pushing the pace and setting up guys for open shots, that would have a pretty significant difference. I, I, it's just impossible for me to see how that version of him is going to show up over the next couple of weeks. Tim, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball and look at the top three seeds in each of the conferences. Which, in your opinion, is the most vulnerable seed in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, I would say in the East, it would have to be Boston only because they're playing the best team. Uh, I do think that the Celtics will win, but obviously the Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are, are a real opponent, and that will be tough for them. I think the Bucks will destroy the Bulls, and I think the Heat will probably – uh, I, I think they'll be playing the Hawks. And the Hawks, I think, could get a game or two, but the Heat should win that series. And then in the West, the Suns will destroy whichever team they play tonight. Uh, and then I think Memphis will handle the Wolves pretty easily, um, though I think that will be a fun series with Anthony Edwards and Patrick Beverly talking uh, quite a bit against John Morant, who also likes to talk quite a bit. That will be 
a lot of fun to watch with a couple, you know, young teams that are, you know, in the playoffs, you know, with a chance to advance. That should be fun to watch. But look, the Golden State Warriors, I, I think in the West, have to be the most vulnerable team among those top three seeds because you just don't know exactly how Steph Curry is going to feel, right? I mean, again, we're talking about another injury situation, but both him with the, the third seed and Luka Doncic with the fourth seed, you know, if those two guys are not 100%, it's going to be very hard for their teams to advance. So um, certainly if Steph can give it a go 100%, I think that uh, they will beat the they'll beat Denver in advance. But, um, you know, if he's banged up or if he has trouble, you know, coming back from that foot injury, you know, the Warriors could be in some trouble right away. Tim, as usual, awesome insight. We appreciate a few minutes. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter covering the Sixers and the Raptors and really the league as a whole, but he's got that series coming up to start the playoffs. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny. In just 30 seconds, we get into exactly what Kyler Murray is thinking and some news within the last few minutes that very much affects the ever-strengthening AFC chase. In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs, the one overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers, and the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. With visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs to get it, get it. The ones that don't, don't head to netsuite.com slash greenie for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer, netsuite.com slash greenie. Just as Tim was joining us, news came over that Stefan Gilmore has signed with the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, Chris, I am a little bit surprised that he would have opted to go with the Colts if the Rams were on the table And from what I can gather, the Rams were very much trying to be in the mix on Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I understand on its face it might not make that much sense. But if you look at the divisions and the bar to clear for the Colts in comparison to the Rams, Mm. it seems like you have a clearer path to the postseason. I get it. The Rams just came off a Super Bowl. But it's interesting to see how teams react when they come off of that type of success, especially in big markets. And you're talking to a guy that did it back in 2011, Carlin, and then his team missed the playoffs the following season. So I I can understand from Stephon Gilmore's point of view why the Colts would be, you know, the option that makes the most sense. And we also don't have the dollar figures, keeping in mind that the Indianapolis Colts were top five amongst teams with remaining cap space. So you got to look at that aspect of it as well. They had probably more money to burn than the Los Angeles Rams do. So it, it just seems like from a monetary standpoint and from a competition in the division standpoint, the Colts, you could talk me into that making more sense. Then there was the news yesterday, and this was not all that surprising based on we saw what we saw at the very end of the season, but I'm sure it has just heightened even more for Kyler Murray with what's happened with quarterbacks this offseason. His agent uh, has apparently pulled the offer that he had to the Cardinals a few weeks back because they haven't even really responded to it. Cardinals haven't even wanted to talk about an extension, and there, there are reports that Kyler Murray may not play this year without a new contract. I Look... You're Kyler Murray, you're a mobile quarterback, you're worried about getting hurt, I get it. It's funny to me that Lamar Jackson doesn't want to talk about an extension yet, but Kyler Murray can't stop talking about an extension 
because one, in my estimation, is infinitely better than the other, and Lamar Jackson is worthy of getting that extension done right now, and he should want to get that extension done right now. Chris, I think Kyler Murray's barking up the wrong tree, or at least he's barking a little bit early here. I don't understand why you would say that, though, Carlin. You just laid out why Kyler Murray should want to get his money as soon as possible. You because I don't think Kyler Murray is nearly as good as Lamar Jackson. Well, he might not be nearly as good, Carlin. I happen to agree with you, but Kyler Murray also plays for an inferior organization when we start comparing the Arizona Cardinals to the Baltimore Ravens. The Arizona Cardinals are a dysfunctional organization. You know, Set aside the recent success. That is not a functional franchise. You're talking about a, 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 an organization that hired a head coach and drafted a quarterback in the top ten and moved on from both of them shortly after a year. So, I mean, I, I don't there, – there's no way that if I'm Kyler Murray, I wouldn't want more security, more in the way of guarantees from the franchise that they're going to continue to try to support me the way I need to be supported and build this thing out around me. And the way that you gain leverage and standing within an organization is by them making the financial commitment to you. So I don't blame Kyler Murray for wanting to get his money. I just don't like the way that he's going about it. I, I, I get it, but – in this case, and I totally agree about the Cardinals and the organization that they are, but I actually agree with them in this case. And and normally, 98% of the time, especially in the NFL, I would consider myself more of a player's guy. You just spoke about leverage. Leverage is not something I want to hand Kyler Murray when it comes to the Cardinals right now, if, I'm, if I am the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Have I seen enough yet to warrant giving him all of that leverage with what we do with this organization. I don't think so. And, Chris, I mean, I think it's silly to even suggest he's not going to play the way things are set up now in the league with the fines that are not easily forgivable for holding out. If he's just going to show up and, oh, I pulled a hamstring on day one and it's going to be bothering me in October without a new contract, that's another thing. But – it's hard for me to even imagine him doing something like that. Um, he may want to make things as uncomfortable for the organization as possible, but it's, I mean, it's a, unimaginable that we would get to that point, isn't it? Well, yes, but we don't see franchises treating their quarterbacks in this way. When it comes to position players, you usually see the organizations drawing a harder line in the sand. But when it comes to quarterbacks, especially a quarterback that's gone to two Pro Bowls before he turns 25, two Pro Bowls in his first three seasons, mm-hmm. a quarterback that has, you know, methodically improved his team year over year, where they 5-10-1 as a rookie, 8-8 eight his second year, and 9-5 and whatever it was this year. I mean, listen, I mean, uh, I mean, they were a double-digit team, but Kyler Murray as a starter was 9-5. I, I just – I don't know that franchises would not try to find some type of middle ground for Kyler Murray – put a Band-Aid on the situation until they're ready to give him the long-term contract. And if he holds their feet to the fire, giving him a long-term deal, but making sure that the structure is in place to protect the organization. I, I just don't understand what the Cardinals are doing in terms of trying to bully their franchise quarterback. I also don't understand how Kyler Murray is going about his business, making it as public as he did as early in the offseason as he did. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then to put this out there, Carlin, it just it, it continues to exacerbate the situation. His representation is doing him no favors because you're trying to back the organization into a corner publicly, 
And I don't know that Steve Kime and the Bidwell family are going to react the way that they want them to, that being Kyler Murray. So this looks like it's headed down an ugly road, but I would not rule out the possibility of a hole in for Kyler Murray. And we've seen that with prominent players around the National Football League when they don't get what they want. We we saw that with Deshaun Watson. This past year, we, now I know there were some some in, you know some different circumstances there, not necessarily apple to apples to apples, but we saw that also with Jalen Ramsey when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, I got a back that hurts. I don't want to be it. We we've seen that before in professional sports. So I, I do agree with you from a financial standpoint. There's no way that Kyler Murray cannot show up because you're talking about the the organization fining him forty thousand dollars a day not to mention being able to take away his base salary, not to mention being able to claw back $5.8 million of the signing bonus that they gave him when they drafted him. So it would be essentially $10 bucks that he would be foregoing. There's no way he's going to do that. Yeah, I don't see but, but I could absolutely see him showing up for training camp and not practicing. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Chris Carlin. Chris Canty in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And every April 15th is Jackie Robinson Day, but today is even more special because it's the 75th anniversary of when he shattered the color barrier and set the stage for momentum change in society. Another former Dodgers All-Star who's the majors, Major League's winningest black manager describes Jackie Robinson's profound impact on him ever since his childhood in California and reflects on Robinson's last public plea nine days before his death. Here is Dusty Baker, part of Black History Always. I'm extremely proud and pleased to be here this afternoon, but must admit I'm going to be tremendously more pleased and more proud when I look at that third base coaching line one day and see a black face managing in baseball. Thank you very much. 
That was my first year in the big leagues, my first full year. I never saw myself ever wanting to coach. And at that time, you know, a third base coach was a no-no because that was supposed to be the thinking man's spot on the team outside of the manager. Goes back to what my mom and dad told me when I was a kid, that if you're African-American, you gotta be twice good to accomplish the same thing. I mean, that's, that's pretty evident when, when if you don't win the whole thing, which is all they talk about, then, then you're made to feel as if you're a failure. And I, re I refuse to let anybody make me feel that I'm less than anything than, than good at what I do. And uh, you know, I've lost a couple jobs with no explanation, period. Instead of being bitter about it, uh, it, it actually motivates me more uh, because of what, on how I was raised on, on, and, and what my mom and dad instilled in me. You know, I was born two years after Jackie broke the color barrier. And, you know, most African-Americans at that time were Brooklyn Dodger fans because of Jackie. Jackie gave us a lot of pride about being black. And my dad, I mean, he idolized Jackie Robson. My dad was a baseball coach in our town of Riverside. He was big on attitude. And uh, my dad cut me when I was eight, nine, and 10, because he said I had a bad attitude and a bad temper. And if I could take that positive direction, that I could be something one day. And uh, whenever I would get mad and get in a fight or whatever, my dad would say, and I got really kind of, kind of got tired of hearing it. My dad would ask me, what would Jackie have done in that situation? He was very influential, you know, in my life as a kid. He was an inspiration to us all, no matter what race you are. And I remember in the Jackie Robinson movie about how there was a little white kid that wrote Jackie and Jackie and him became pen pals, became friends. Well, that inspired me because I have about 15 or 20 kids now that are men of all nationalities and a lot of them are white that, that, that I think about how Jackie influences one kid's life. And then I just hope that I could be a, a, a small motivation to people of all nationalities and races to help motivate them and their kids. We've got so much more coming on Jackie Robinson Day, including Doug Glanville joins us in 40 minutes to discuss everything that ESPN is doing today. He's got a big part of it. College baseball tonight at UCLA at Jackie Robinson Field. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. So here's an interesting note, Chris, from the NFL when we're looking at trying to evaluate who's going to be good next year and who's not. How about this? In 14 of the last 16 seasons, at least one team has gone from last place in its division to first place the following year. Similarly, at least one team has gone from first to last in, in their division the following year in 14 of the last 16. So I ask you this. Who is going last to first? Who is going first to last next year? Okay, last to first, I have my Baltimore Ravens. And I know I might sound like a little bit of a homer, but I'm rolling with the Ravens. Only the New York Giants lost more games to injury last year. The Ravens had over 300 players, I mean, 300 games missed with players being out because of injury last year. So that's a huge reason why. And the team that's going from first to last I got to go with the Tennessee Titans. Everybody in that division is getting better, and I just don't trust Ryan Tannehill. So that will be my first to last, last to first. If I'm going last to first, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the division's so bad, 
the team with the best chance is the New York Giants. Ooh. Wow. I can't believe I'm saying that. The team that is going from first to last, again, awful football. I picked the worst division there is, the Dallas Cowboys. Probably have the best chance to go from first to last. But neither one's exactly clear in a high bar. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.